0: I apologize for taking your time. Thank you so much in advance for your support. Enjoy this episode. You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wubi, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. The Trait of Patience Kindness is a trait that brings people together. Anger is a trait that separates people, that distances people. So in that category of bringing bringing people together is patience. And if one has patience, you're in the category of kindness, of bringing people together. People will like you more when you're more patient, when you're more accepting. So let's talk about this, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to grow tremendously from what our sages teach us on this topic. First is, what does patience mean? So the first thing we need to understand is that patience in the Hebrew, we always go to the Hebrew first. The root word of, of the Hebrew for patience is savlanut. Savlanut means patience. But the truth is that the word savlanut comes from the word sabal, which means someone who carries. You need to carry a burden, the burden of your fellow. I'll give you an example. Someone berates you in front of the whole temple, the whole congregation, and they start calling you names. Our sages call that someone who doesn't answer back in return is someone who's carrying a burden. What's that burden? The burden of kindness. The burden of compassion. The burden of forgiveness. You're carrying it. When someone breaks that patience and they go into an anger, it's like they took that glass pitcher and slammed it on the floor. It almost makes that kind of sound when people get angry. And they start yelling, right? That's the opposite of patience. What we want to do is get to a place when our patience, which is a subcategory of humility, when we realize that we don't always need to be at the top of the universe in other people's eyes. Someone who is patient is always at the top of the universe. So who's required to work on this patience? So every human being. Every human being is required, but the greater the person is, the more this trait is a responsibility for them to perfect. Someone who is responsible for other people, a king, a president, a senator, a congressman, a mayor, a rabbi, a teacher, a parent, they all have people who are responsible for others. And you'll always have people who are your subjects or your students who will criticize, who will uh, denigrate, who will show a lack of appreciation for the hard work that you do. And you know what you need to do? Our sages teach us. You need to be able to carry that burden. It's okay. Be patient. Be patient. It's fine. Not everyone has to agree with what you do. Not everyone has to think you're the greatest thing on earth. The greater the person is, the more patience is required. Tell me one president who 50% of the country didn't dislike them. If you're impatient, if you're not able to carry that burden, you're not going to have a happy day. Not one. Or a happy four years. Along with this, our sages put a very, very high price tag on a person who hears, If you're able to hear your own denigration, where someone yells at you in public, and you don't respond, our sages tell us that the highest ranking person on planet Earth. Why? It's a very interesting idea. When someone is embarrassed publicly, it's like their blood was spilled. So, like now, they were just a a person who all their dignity was removed from them. Along with that, his death forgives a person of all their sins. So if you remain silent, you've been forgiven of all your sins. All right? He almost wants someone to come and embarrass you in public. You'll be forgiven of all your sins. You know know what what power that is? That it's as if you've never done a sin. And our sages tell us. There was once a, someone who came to a great rabbi and he tells them, what should I do? He says, I was in this and in this situation in, in public and someone embarrassed me in front of everyone. What should I do to him? The rabbi said, what did you say? He says, I didn't say anything. He says, please put your hands on my head and give me a blessing. So the rabbi said, "He says, give me a blessing. He says, because your blessing is the purest blessing. You have no more sin. That's who I want a blessing from. But that's someone who's able to uh, carry that burden. So a person needs to know how to be pleasant with all people. With all people. Not only people you like. How do you be pleasant? Smile. Laugh. Speak in a pleasant tone with every person around you. Only someone who works on patience. What makes someone impatient when things don't go my way? Almost a point of arrogance where it has to be my way or else, I'm going to blow up. You have many times, um, most of you probably are not familiar with this, but there's a place called Israel. And in Israel, it's known that people there are on edge. And they're on edge that if you, my mother used to say, you know, there's this phrase of the bat of an eyelash, that's how fast the redemption will come for the Jewish people. And the Jewish people in Egypt, their redemption was like that, in an instant. Before you can blink an eye. My mother says, You know how fast that is? That's from when the light in Israel goes red, yellow, green, yellow, so you put your into gear. So my mother says, From when it turns red to yellow to the first honk for the car behind you. It's like that instant, it takes one millisecond and boom, you had their bomb. everyone's honking their horn already. So now did, did we spoke about this, why Israelis are so on edge, and we, we spoke about this in, in great length, just to give you a, a, a preview. Does anybody here, by show of hands, anybody here have rockets facing your front doorstep? Anybody have rockets facing your doorstep? Well, guess what? People in the land of Israel, in the holy land of Israel, mm-hmm. have rockets from Iran, from Iraq, from Syria, from Lebanon, from, from Jordan, from Egypt. You name the country. They have rockets facing us and tanks and missiles, whatever it is and and they declare the destruction of the people of Israel and the State of Israel and the Zionist state, whatever it is they call it every day. Would you be a little bit on edge if you had that? I think so so let that's we're just gonna we're gonna cast a positive judgment on everyone who honks their horn. We understand why they're doing that, but that's so that you understand impatience. Today we have this, this crazy phenomenon of road rage because you went into my lane, you cut me off, you were aggressive, and you were, and people, people do crazy things. Even almost like there have been stories where people killed each other, like killed. It's crazy. People learned a little bit of patience. It doesn't have to. It's okay, go ahead, go ahead. I used to be an aggressive driver, so I understand this. Until I started teaching about patience. And I took it upon myself that I'm going to start driving on the right lane on certain days of the week. Start driving on the right lane. And I'm not passing. I'm not going around. I'm just going to take it easy. Just take it easy. It's okay. You'll get there on time. It's okay. But it it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to realize the whole world doesn't have to go around you And you can, and that was for me a a basic training, which is why I love learning the work of these traits. I love learning it because it gives me the opportunity to work on these traits and to internalize them and to hopefully make me a decent human being. So, where else is patience so important? Parents with children. You can have children who are at a certain age where they ask, silly questions you know and if you're if you're slightly impatient you can say something that can hurt the child if you're slightly impatient you can say something that can harm the child for their entire life patience is very very essential for for really for for close relationships there's an interesting talmud there's a phrase in the talmud that says milah besela if a word is worth a hundred coins, shtuka betraying, then silence is worth 200 coins. I, I tell my children, you have two ears and one mouth. should listen, double what we speak. Keep quiet. We don't have to talk all the time. We don't have to respond. It's important sometimes to just take it in, to keep quiet. It's not only with children. It's with our spouses. To be willing to accept that burden, to be willing to accept that difference, difference of opinion. It could be the the simplest things. But if everything needs to go my way, if I'm primed that this is the way, it always has to go my way. And it's very, it's particularly difficult when people who have been living single for many years, uh, many people, you know, don't start thinking about dating till they're 35, 40 years old. And then they find someone, they, they fall in love. And then they, they, they call me, and they're, Rabbi, we're having a lot of, we're fighting a lot. I'm like, let me tell you why, okay? <laughs> because <laughs> eh, you don't need to tell me, I can tell you why. E- even if they're younger, it's easier. And let me tell you, it's very simple. Because each one got into their pattern of how they live their life. This one, when they left their house at age 19, 20, and 21, and then 22, 23, they have a way in which they organize the kitchen. They have a way in which they do their laundry. They have a way in which they organize their their whatever it is in their house. And suddenly, this other person, stranger, does something totally different. What's wrong with you? Don't you know that that's not how you do things? And people aren't willing to have the patience. It's okay. Now, patience really spreads itself to many different areas. But to be willing to accept differences, to be willing to accept differences, it's okay. You're not going to melt and disappear if someone has a different opinion. It's not going to be so terrible. It's not going to be so bad. There was actually a a story in the Talmud where one of the Tanaic sages saw what he thought was a Jewish woman walking in the streets with inappropriate garments. So he tore the garments. He was upset that she was walking in such a way, it turned out she wasn't even a Jewish woman. So they took him to court, and they fined him 400 gold coins as a penalty for his action. So he asked the lady, he says, what's your name? She said he say, she said she her name was Matun. Matun is 200. See, so he said Matun Matun. Right? 200 plus 200, which is 400 said it was worth it to learn the lesson of patience from these 400 gold coins. He he understood. You wonder, why does the Talmud have to say such an embarrassing story? To teach us that he learned a lesson and he accepted it. It was a worthwhile lesson. Sometimes you have to pay an expensive lesson. A friend of mine told me that his son was uh, you know is always telling him, yeah, yeah, thank you, Dad. I, I know, I know. Thank you, thank you. He's telling him you, know, you gotta drive a little carefully. He was driving, and uh the kid totaled his father's car around a one of those uh light poles. Totalled the car. I know, I know. Now he had to learn the lesson. Sometimes it's an expensive lesson and a very unpleasant lesson, but sometimes it teaches us. It's it's important sometimes to be a little humble and listen to the lesson. So one of the foundations that our sages tell us is never talk when you're angry. When you're angry, stay silent. Remain silent because nothing good is going to come out of your mouth. Sages talk about this on the Talmud. They say, don't, don't. You're angry? Know that you're angry and hold it for a different time we need to be so careful with our words it says v'hamavet, the life and death are in the hands of the tongue what does that mean that means you can build worlds you can make people feel like they're a million bucks by the words that you use and you can give like we see today with bullying uh, cyberbullying you have it's a very it's a very serious thing because words count words count and if you say positive words Encouraging words, it can build people. You say damaging words, hurting, hurtful words, it can destroy people. It's worthwhile for us to internalize this lesson of patience. It doesn't need to go our way. You know, one of the things that I, I, I realized, uh, this is way back in 2009, when I started giving these Musser classes, I realized very quickly that... Not everybody thinks the way I think. Not everyone votes the way I vote. Not everyone likes the music I like. Not everyone eats the same kinds of food that I think are the greatest. You know, suddenly you realize that there's a whole world out there that's different. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay. There are however many billions of people in this world And everyone has their own way of looking at the world. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty. The beauty of this world is that it doesn't have to be your way. So we have to use tremendous caution with our words. Where else do we need patience? We need patience if anyone has any plans of giving critique to another person. You need a tremendous amount of patience, of love. But it needs to be with patience. Is there anybody here, by show of hands, who thinks that every single act they've ever done was exactly what God wanted them to do? My hand is down. Anybody else? Right? Anybody thinks that whatever they've done in their entire life was exactly what God wanted them to do? Or that maybe we didn't, maybe we didn't do everything exactly the way he wanted? Uh, I'll fall into that category. And he didn't strike me that moment. God didn't wipe me off the face of this earth because I didn't do you know, whatever it was exactly the way he instructs in his Torah. God has patience. God says, you know what? One day, hopefully, they'll come to their senses. One day, they'll understand. One day, they'll return to me. We learn patience from the Almighty. This is a trait that we're going to soon talk about in our way number 22 in our 48 ways, Erech which is have patience. Have patience. There's no need to demand that everything be now. It doesn't have to be now. There's an amazing story told in the Talmud. You can look this up in Tractate Eruvin, page 54b. This is the following story about Rav Preda. Rav Preda had a student And a student wasn't an ordinary student. He needed to be taught the material that they were learning 400 times in order to retain that information, in order to understand that information. So the rabbi one day, while they were learning, and he was repeating the, the teaching 400 times. He was in the process of teaching it 400 times. And they get to 400 times and the student doesn't understand it. He doesn't get it. So the rabbi says, what happened? What's what's different today than every other day? Usually you get it by the 400th time. He said, in the middle of when we were learning, someone came over to you for a mitzvah. They told you they needed you to do something. And the whole time I was thinking, maybe now you're going to have to go do that mitzvah. So I wasn't concentrating and I wasn't focusing. So Rav prayer said, never mind. And he did the teaching 400 times again. Listen to what the Talmud says now. A heavenly voice came out and said, Rav Prada, do you want 400 years extended to your life in this world? Or 400 years extended to your life in the world to come? That was his reward for his great patience. And he said, I'll take mine in the world to come. So God declared, the heavenly voice declared, give him both in this world and in the world to come. That's the power of patience. You know, there were once two individuals who had a fight. So Talmud says the story. It's an amazing story. They had a fight. And they said they one was talking to the other. He said, You can't get Hillel angry. You can't get Hillel to lose his cool. So he said, Oh yeah, let me show you. I'm gonna show me this Hillel fellow, and I will and I will get him angry. I'll make him lose his cool. He says, okay, let's have a bet on this. And they bet an enormous sum of money. He goes to the bathhouse on Friday afternoon when it's hectic. You know, people are in a rush. Friday getting ready for Shabbos. is all the hustle and bustle. So he goes to the bathhouse and he starts yelling over there, uh, anybody know Hillel? Hillel, is there anybody know, know who Hillel is? So Hillel calmly gets dressed, walks outside the bathhouse. And he says, looking for Hillel. He says, oh, you're Hillel. Tell me. And he asks him a ridiculous question. He says, I heard that you're a wise man. Why do the people from Africa, why do they have really wide feet? He says, oh, that's a great question, my son. He says, they have very, very wide feet because there's a lot of quicksand there. And in order to protect them, Hashem gave them larger feet so that they don't sink in the quicksand. Anything else, my son? He says, no, no, thank you. Hillel goes back into the bathhouse. He gets undressed. He's going back into the... And then he suddenly hears a minute later, H- Hillel, Hillel, anybody know who Hillel is? Hillel again gets dressed again. Comes back outside. And he sees this individual calling out for Hillel. He says, sir, sir, you looking for, for Hillel? I'm Hillel. He says, oh, I had a very important question. I wanted to know why people in the Far East, why do they have eyes that are squinted? He says, oh, my son, you've asked a great question. He says, because they have a lot of sand and wind and the sand goes into their eyes. So Hashem, to protect their eyes, made their eyes like that so that the sand doesn't go in. Anything else, my son? And he's like surprised that he is still so calm. And he says, no, thank you so much. Hillel goes back into the bathhouse and he calls out again, Hillel, Hillel, does anybody know where Hillel is? And he asks another question and another question. And each time, Hillel was just as calm as can be. So then the last time he calls out to Hillel, and he says, Hillel, because of you, I lost a great sum of money. I was trying to get you mad. I was get, trying to get you to be impatient with me. I know it's such a difficult time. It's such a pressure time. And he didn't lose your cool. He says, you should be cursed for this money that I lost. He said to Hillel. So Hillel said, you should lose double the amount of money so that I not get angry. That's We have to understand that power of holding it together, keeping it together within ourselves is such a powerful, such an important, such an important thing. Patience is a very central trait and it influences all the other traits. It's rooted in all the other traits because if a person doesn't have the basic premise of patience, it impacts everything else. I mentioned recently in one of the classes, I think it might have been in this class last week, about this woman who called Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. Amazing story! This elderly woman calls Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, just so you understand, right? Is one of the leading Torah was one of the leading Torah scholars till he passed away in 1986. One of the leading Torah scholars in the United States of America. I mean, every halachic question of significance in the United States went to Rabbi Feinstein. He was a very busy man. He wrote many, many books. Some of which are right over there. The whole top shelf over there is Rabbi Moshe Feinstein's books of his responsa to all questions you can possibly imagine. Many dealing with modern medical and uh, technological questions, dilemmas, and it was it was it was a busy time right before Shabbos. Uh, anytime you want to test someone's patience, it's right before Shabbos. In fact, in fact, the Talmud says that the majority of arguments that happen in a home are right before Shabbos, because the Yetzirah knows that that's the time you can yank everyone's chain. You know, everyone's getting ready for Shabbos, and it's a, it's a time where the, you know the emotions can run high. So it's just time. It's a time to be on extra extra cautious, uh, be on extra alert to not break your cool. This woman calls up Rabbi Feinstein's home before Shabbos. Rabbi Feinstein was busy, so one of his students picked up the phone. Uh, Hi, can I please speak to Rabbi Feinstein, the woman says. And he responds, uh, I'm sorry, this is this is a student. Rabbi Feinstein's very busy right now, how can I help you? She says, I would just want to know what time candlelighting is. So he says, candlelighting is at this and this time, But you know, you don't need to call the great Rabbi Feinstein to know what time candlelighting is. You can look at any Jewish calendar, and it'll tell you what time candlelighting is. So she says, I don't know what you're talking about calendars. I've been calling Rabbi Feinstein for the past 25 years. He never said anything about calendars. 25 years. He was taking her call every Friday, and patiently, calmly, not holier-than-thou, I'm not greater than anyone taking care of another human being. I'm not greater than anyone else. We need to learn from Hashem's patience. Hashem is so patient with us. Hashem is is so caring and loving with us. The first of the 13 attributes of Hashem is patience. God's 13 attributes. Number one is patience. Why? Because if you don't have patience, you can't work on any other traits. You can't possess any other traits. Because impatience is like this. It doesn't go my way, get out. So then there's nothing for God to be compassionate. There's nothing for God to be kind. God, the first thing that's necessary is to have patience. Once you have patience, you can work on all the other traits. Now, patience doesn't only mean with other people. Patience also means with yourself. Those of you who know, know, I'll share this with you now. So I've been learning a lesson of patience over the last four months because I decided it was time for me to start fixing my teeth. My teeth have been a mess for a long time and I never wanted to go to an orthodontist because they. when I went, when I was 14 years old, I went to my mother, brought me to the orthodontist. My teeth are all bent out of shape and... um the orthodontist said, oh, no problem. We'll pull this tooth, pull that tooth, and no problem. You know, I was like, I, I'm, not, I'm out. Goodbye, I'm out. So now it's like, okay, I, I need to I need to get this thing taken care of. So I, I have like the Invisalign. And um, I have these plates, which I took out for the class. So I'm not ha ha her, like that. So either way, um, it's an amazing thing because now it's four months in. Well, I think it's about four months. And small little adjustments, small little adjustments, small, small, and it makes a huge change. I was like, this is such a lesson for Musa. This is such a lesson for our study because we like things to be instant. We are living in an instant world where people throw a tantrum if their food at McDonald's or their coffee at Starbucks is not ready by the time they get to the window. You just ordered it 30 seconds ago. And people are growing impatient because everything is an instant world. People have these phones and they're like, what's wrong with my phone? It's just crazy. Why isn't it going faster? What's go- It's junk. It's way. Do you know how much tech? This little device here has more technology than this spaceship that went up to space in 1969 had. It went to the moon. This has more technology than they had then. And we're getting so impatient. It's unreal. The more we have these gifts, the more impatient we're becoming. Everything needs to be instant. If the internet is not blazing fast speed like it is here in the Torch Center, if you don't have blazing fast speed, it's useless. Junk, whatever people call it, right? It's it's really it really is it's an amazing thing, and we have such incredible gifts in our generation. It's like happiness is when we appreciate everything that we have. And the impatience comes when we don't appreciate things that we have. And we don't realize. People get impatient that their air conditioner might not be working. They get angry about it. We're living in such a generation of, of, of rapid. We're being primed for everything being expedient, everything being fast, now, Instant. And it's terrible. It's not good for us. Because we need to learn patience if we want to grow as human beings. You can't plant a tree and be impatient. You can't. Oh, I see the little buds, but I want it to be a tree. Let me pull it out. Right. Well, then you'll uproot it. And people can do that with children as well, where they want their children to be, to expedite their learning so that by five years old, they can be computer programmers. Children need to be children. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people who are extremely gifted and they should be given those opportunities, but most children need to be children and they need to be able to run around the playground. So I would say that the most, the most important exercise for patients is to take 15 minutes a day. Would you pick the 15 minutes? Put it on your, on your calendar, on your fancy smartphone device, the impatience device. And schedule in 15 minutes a day, where you're willing to tolerate anybody and everybody that you interact with during those 15 minutes. Anything goes in that 15 minutes, because what will happen is, you know, I, I used to say that um, in, in the old in the in the old classes. Today, people aren't willing to think that way, but I used to say if you're a Democrat take your friend who's a Republican out for lunch. And if you're a Republican, take your friend who's a Democrat out for lunch and enjoy an hour with them talking only about politics and remain patient and remain calm. It's okay. It's just one hour that you're going to listen and hear a perspective that's not yours. It's okay. Because what you get from that is you learn to Become more flexible. You learn to accept and tolerate things that don't go your way. It's okay. Not everyone has to think the way you think. Is there anybody on television today who will ever admit, you know what? That's a very, a very good point you're making. I never thought of that. I, 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 coming to think of it, I agree with you now. Never. It doesn't happen, right? They're there to give their side and I don't care what you say. And it's not a healthy thing. It's not healthy. Because, you know what, we'll all have either in our marriage, in our relationship with our siblings, with our children, with our business partners, we will always have someone who thinks completely different than us unless we try to coddle ourselves with only like-minded people. And then that's not either healthy. But you'll always have someone who has a different opinion. You have to take that in. In fact, we we mentioned this previously, that in the Jewish court, if all the judges voted against the the defendant, he was set free. Someone had to be able to see his side. One person, one judge had to be able to see his perspective. If all of them voted the same way, no one was able to put themselves into his shoes. And he's, he's free. That's how important it is to see another perspective. So if we could take 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day to accept even the opinions we disagree with, listen to the radio station you don't like, it's okay. And we're living in a very, very polarized world. It's very dangerous. It's it's very dangerous. I think now more than ever, we have to be willing to accept with patience differences. So what happens if someone insults you? If someone says something that you completely disagree with? If someone, if you see something in someone that you dislike, someone does something you don't like. There are many different ways you can handle that. The best way is with patience. And patience means you're willing to carry it. It's okay. It doesn't need to go my way. And what happens is, is the truth is, is that more times than not, when we're willing to take that approach, and be calm and patient, we'll see that there's another perspective that we never thought of. When are there triggering times? I'll tell you for myself, triggering times could be the morning when I take my kids to school, trying to get the kids out of the house, get the lunches ready, get the snacks ready, get whatever it is, and you can never prepare enough because there's always something else that comes up. So even if you prepare the lunch the night before and you prepare their bags and everything's ready to go, their homework is in their their knapsack, and then in the morning something comes up, and the most important thing is to just keep that patience. It's okay, and you know what? If you need to wake up a little bit earlier to be more calm and to be more, then 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 do that. It's not worth it to break away from our structured way of thinking. It's a very interesting thing. The the King Solomon says in Proverbs: "Sheva yipol tzadik vikam," a righteous sadiq a righteous person will fall seven times and rise up again. What does that mean? That means that part of the process of becoming a righteous person is patience. You're going to fall, and you're going to need to rise up again. And you're going to fall again, and you need to get up again. And you're going to fall again seven times. Seven times means that it's that's the nature of life. Nature. That's why does a bride circle the groom seven times under the chuppah? Because what we're saying is that this is the original state of this soul. Two halves of the soul are being reunited. They're returning to their natural state. So this invisible string, my rabbi used to say it's an invisible string that she's tying around his leg to tie him, to knot him, right? Not going to do anything that she doesn't want him to do, right? But... (laughs) The truth is, is that seven is the original, seven is the original state of, of creation. The world was created in seven days, right? The original state. The original state of someone who's righteous is someone who falls down and gets up again. Not only seven times. It could be 7,000 times. That is the state of someone who's growing. You're always going to have times you fall. You have to rise. And you know what it takes? Patience. Because how many times do you try to lose that weight? I know this because I'm on my diet now. I try to lose the weight and it doesn't go. I try again, it doesn't go. Try again. You need that patience because slowly but surely, if you're able to have the patience, you'll fall off the train, get back on again. You fall off again, get back on again. That's the the task of our lives. There's another thing about not, about being patient. And that is, we don't jump in our spiritual growth. Be patient. You know, in Jacob's ladder, there were, there were rungs that were going up the ladder and down the ladder. I mean, you could have had a rocket ship. You could have had, uh, an elevator, an escalator. Why do you need a ladder? Because on a ladder, there's no stagnation. You've got to take a step by step, by step. There's no stagnation and there's no jumping. There's no jumping. You can't jump two rungs. You'll fall all the way down. Take one step after another step after another step. And every time you try to take another step, there's a little step down you need to make. Sometimes you can have a little dip before you go up. Our sages teach us that sometimes you have a fall which leads to your next growth. That's the, the, you know, it's like for someone to swing a hammer, they want to swing the hammer. They have to take it back down a little bit in order to swing it up. That's part of part of the mechanism of our growth. Is sometimes we fall a little bit and then we can spring forward. So if someone is being impatient with their own spirituality, they'll be like, I can't believe it. I, I fell, so I'm a nobody. I'm a, I can't. I'm a bad person or whatever it is. No, 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 no. A righteous person falls seven times and gets back up. That's the status of someone who's growing. You're in the struggle. So the closer we are with others, the more careful we must be with our patience with them. The people you're closest with are the people you need to be most careful with in your patients. A person who is not careful will burn those relationships. So how do we get that patience? So Nachmanides has a beautiful, beautiful letter that he wrote to his son. We've done this in in this series before. He starts off, Be very careful to always speak all your words with a pleasant tone. Not hard. Not harsh. Not tough. Pleasant. Because when you're pleasant, you know what happens? You don't get angry. When you're pleasant, you're patient. When you're pleasant, everybody feels calm. When someone's harsh, everyone's like, okay. I'm not going to say anything. To every person and at every moment. And through this method, you will refrain from getting angry. You feel like you're getting angry about something? Be calm. Someone crashes into your car, like the incident I had last week over here in the, dri- in the driveway here. Someone crashes into your car and they don't speak a word of English and they don't have a driver's license or insurance. Smile. Be patient. Be calm. Be thankful. My entire drive home, I'm like, like Hashem, I love you. I love you. It's, it, what, what's it going to help? I, I could come out there and yell and scream and kick the tires. I, what's wrong with you? Can't you look where you're going? And you can yell and scream. And, and then what's going to happen? Let me hear. What's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. Nothing good's going to come out of it. It doesn't make sense. He doesn't speak English anyway, right? So I'd be yelling to myself. That's true. But I asked him, driver's license? He shows me this uh, Mexican ID. Like, it's like, God bless you. Right. I love you, Hashem. Right? But it's, you have to be patient. You have to be patient. So even though, yes, you're not, maybe a person may not be there yet. But in this sense, fake it till you make it. Because it helps. The Ramban doesn't say speak in a calm tone because that's the way you are. Speak in a calm tone because you'll avoid being angry. You'll eliminate anger from one of the tools in your toolbox that you don't want to touch. I don't want to touch anger. You you want to know how you'll stay away from it? Talk with a pleasant tone. And if a person does that, it's pleasant to be with them. It's pleasant to to be around people who speak in a nice tone. Because when you talk like that, not only you won't be angry, you'll find nice things to say as well. So a friend with whom you meet, I, I, a woman once came over to me. She says, Rabbi, what do I do? I have a group of friends that just bring out the absolute worst in me. She says, these are friends that I've been friends with for years. We get together every week at Starbucks. And I realize after coming to these classes, careful caution, this might cause you some heartache. Right, coming to Musa classes. So she says, after coming to classes, I realized that all we were doing was gossiping. And we're talking about this friend. and We're talking about that friend and talking about, oh, did you see that? And ridiculing people and laughing at people and on other people's expense. She says, I, I realized that this is like the worst environment for me to be in. What should I do? Do I alienate my friends now? Oh, you're so holy. You can't talk about other people. I don't remember what I told her back then, but I know what I would tell her now. I would tell her that whenever something negative comes up, try to find the positive in another person. You know, one of the traits we're going to talk about is judging people favorably. The only way to judge people favorably is if you have patience and not jump to conclusion. If a person is patient, they can look at another perspective, they can see, they can find favor. In another person. So that would be my recommendation. Everyone's laughing, but you know, you can say something nice then. You can find something nice. And then we're like, oh, well, okay, that's another that's another perspective. Without having to reprimand them and say, you know, you guys are just gossipers and it's not enough not to be angered or strong minded. That's not enough. There's another level. I'm not don't just not be angry. Don't just hold back from being angry. Find a way to be pleasant. Okay, does that make sense to you? Try to find a way to be pleasant with other people. Anything in life that's worthwhile takes time. And you know what? It, it's a, usually a struggle too. Anybody here ever ran a marathon? I didn't. I trained for a marathon, but because COVID uh, hit us, I was supposed to be that same March of COVID I was supposed to be in Jerusalem running the Jerusalem Marathon and I remember I can't even tell you how many times I said in middle of training for that marathon I, I can't do this I can't, I can't do this, I can't and I was training and I'm like okay you know and it's like you try again and you feel like and you try again and, and try again and try again That's, that is, you know, the, the joy that people have when they, when they finish the marathon, when they win the gold medal in the Olympics. You know what that joy is? That joy is all of that patience counted. All of that patience was worth it. All of that patience adds up to something. This is the victory. We all have Olympics that we run every day. And it's the Olympics we run with our spouse. It's the Olympics we run with our, with, our, with our children. It's the Olympics we run in our workplace and in our neighborhood and in our supermarket. It's, it's an Olympics of character. And we can come out victorious with a gold medal by staying patient, by staying calm and not losing it. That's a gold medal. It's much greater than all of Michael Phelps' gold medals. Every day is another victory. Morning before going to school is a trigger time. Bedtime is a trigger time. Shopping. Okay, I I have to say my, I'll declare my sins before you today. Okay. There is nothing, there is nothing on planet Earth that I dislike more than shopping. I so dislike shopping that I prefer getting a root canal than go shopping. I, I just don't like shopping. I don't like. I just don't like it. So what do I do when my wife wants to go shopping with me? <laughs> with me, she doesn't want to go shopping. She wants me to go shopping with her. I'm not talking about food shopping. That's not a problem. You go in and out, and get what you need. Which 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 blouse do you like? This one or this one, or this one? How about this one? Right? It, it's it, for me. It's a nightmare. But you know what? But you know what? It, it. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the honest truth. It took a very, very long time for me to gain the muscle of patience and realize that right now my work is to be present with my wife. That's my job. It doesn't make a difference. Because here's, here's the most frustrating thing, potentially, hypothetically. So which one do you like? Oh, I like? I think that one is nicer. And then she buys a different one. Right. So why did you ask me? Right? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's one of those tests that Hashem gives us and smiles. He says, go right ahead. Work, work on your patience. Work on your patience. And I still don't like it, but I appreciate the challenge. I appreciate the the work of being in a situation wh- which I clearly do not like. I don't enjoy it, and yet have to come out victorious in being patient and being calm and being, you know, taking all the time in the world. And David, you're in trouble because you're going shopping with Susan tomorrow, <laughs> and and this is and this is the re- the reality the reality of life. So I want I want to talk about a few steps here making this making this practical how do you remove yourself is with learning and growing the more we learn the more we grow the more strength we get to do and to hang around the right the right crowd for us and you're right it's a big challenge also for children how can our children uh stay in, in a positive influence um when they have friends classmates who who uh, talk a certain way or act a certain way right so the more we learn, the more we, we we teach ourselves and our families and those around us. Um, we're able to transform uh, the world around. The world. So, yeah, you're right. The the gambler hangs around with the gamblers, but the gambler is not being forced to hang around with the gamblers. He's choosing to. Can yeah, you choose that? Uh, right. Choose. So, so uh, a person can change their choice. Number one, accept differences. Step number two, maintain a calm even if this, if differences surface. Maintain a calm. It's okay. Number three, be patient with yourself in all your endeavors, and remember that you aren't expected to do more than you're capable of. God only tests you with what you are capable of. There's a, a tale that's told that people were sitting around the room, around in a circle, talking about how terrible their challenges are. So they said, okay, take your your basket of problems and put it in the middle of the room. And then they said, okay, now you can pick whichever. Everyone put their problems into the middle of the room. You'll pick your problems again. You don't want somebody else's problems. Because Hashem gives each person tailor-made problems for them. The challenges that you face are the challenges that are special for you, for your growth. And the challenges that Hashem will test us. I remember, uh, this is many years ago, I was talking about patience. I said, next week we're going to be talking about patience. So one of the women said, "Uh, I don't think I need to come to that class. I'm very patient. I'm a very patient person. And the following week after that class, she said, I need to apologize because I said two weeks ago that I don't need to come to class. I ended up coming And I realized how impatient I was. She says, as I was pulling out after class, I started honking at the car in front of me, move it already. She's like, I realized I may not be that patient as I thought. Step four is patience in our home with our spouse and our children. And then step five is practicing to speak softly. Even when critiquing and reprimanding someone, speak softly. I want to leave you with one quick story. Story happened many, many years ago to me. My wife is an amazing woman. She's an angel. And it was one time that she did something that really embarrassed me. I walked into the house and I I was so embarrassed. Uh, There was other people there and I was like humiliated. So I remember I I, I walked in and I went... To my room, and I said, "I'm not going to talk about this for two weeks. Two weeks. I'm going to make. I'm going to make believe now that nothing happened. I came out. Hey, how's everyone doing? You know, you fake it. I, you know, I was like, okay. And I wasn't. I was like trying my, try my best. Two weeks later, I had a nice dinner with my wife, and I said, "I know this probably was completely by mistake." It was probably complete oversight, and I brought up what, what had happened. And of course, it was an oversight, but the difference was that had I said it at the moment, it would have been a fight. But now that it's two weeks later, it's already the emotion has passed. The embarrassment has passed in a way. And now I can bring it up as just something that I was hurt by, and I thought that it was it was a gift from Hashem to... To be able to not bring up something that would have become a firestorm at the wrong time. And sometimes just waiting, waiting a day or two or five or a week or two weeks or a month to find the right time to say things. It's so important. One other thing is that I have a couple of stories I want to just finish with. The aforementioned Reverend Moshe Feinstein was once... He was being walked every day from the from the synagogue to his car. Everybody wanted to be there with him. Everybody wanted to see him and ask him questions. So they, they you know, he'd eventually get to his car. They'd close the door and the driver would drive off to take him, to, take him home. After he turns the corner, he asks the driver, can you please stop for a second? Driver stops. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein opens the door and pulls his hand out of the door. Someone had closed the door on Rabbi Moshe Feinstein's hand. So the driver says, you know, that's very painful. Why didn't you tell me earlier? He says, do you know how embarrassed that person would be had I done that earlier? The person wouldn't forgive themselves if they knew that they closed the door on my hand. We have to know that we're all just human beings. People make mistakes. No one's out to get you. People, right? Even if they sound like they're trying to, they're out to get you, they're not. My dear friends, this has been a great class in, in, in patience. Hopefully next week we'll have all the technological issues taken care of. Have a terrific evening. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com.